Hey everybody, welcome to another Corner Conversation. As we continue our way through the book of Genesis, this is our second week, and today they fall. They did, fun hard. Was it, not to just like stop for a second, but last week, was it when, did Greg say a Corner Conversation podcast or something like, wasn't there something funny that we all laughed at? Yeah, I can't remember what it was. All right, never mind. I thought it was. We made a fun story for the beginning of this podcast. Yeah, well, yeah. I was listening to him, and I was. Well, Greg like, is oh, not here, so what else can we? Yeah, just throw Greg under the bus really hard. Greg, um, why is it always a bus? I don't know. I mean, that's it's supposed to be a bus. Listen, <laughs> oh gosh, Rich just cried herself up really hard. Uh, oh man, man, it is bussing. I can't say what, what. I don't know what I'm saying. What is bussing? A is that a word? It's extremely great. It's a it's a Gen Z thing. Rich is making well, fun of here, us. Well, here, here. Bussing is a Gen Z thing. Bussing, like you said, is <laughs> is riding, riding from one place to another place yeah. on public transportation. Yes. 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 It, yeah. Rich is making fun of us because we're too old to know the word bussing, but Rich only knows the word bussing because he's hanging out with college kids. That is I would like a note, note, cool. note for the audio. <laughs> Rachel went straight from saying bussin' and then uh, accusing me of knowing what bussin' meant to me accusing them that they're too old to know about bussin'. Yeah. So, just say. All right, okay. Just say. But I did just learn it yeah. from you, because we had a good delight. That was quite a, that's quite a that was bl- blimmer move right there. Oh, you're so mean. I am. <laughs> Nothing wrong with boomers. It wasn't directing that at you. Was it? It felt like it you're was it at me. very pointed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Is he the boomer today? Did you hear... If you listen close enough on that video that we just recorded, you might be able to hear my knees cracking behind Scott. So oh, that's a fun feeling. So I'm sorry. <laughs> my knees cracking. That's the arthritis coming to get you. For, uh, that's a great question. How do you do? You, what makes you feel like? I I don't feel old. Do Do you feel old? Sometimes, like if okay, here's when I feel old, and I don't know if old. Is your kids are about to move out. Yeah, no, your kids have moved out. No. Your kids are old. And uh, grown. Mine are still little, but I think I feel old <laughs> when <laughs> when I have to get up from a hard surface on the ground. Yeah. Then I and feel I, old and angry. I Not always, a good combo. That's true. Or, when I walked into the coffee shop today, I saw our barista talking to somebody <laughs> unseen, and so and it was Rachel. I was laying on the floor. Yeah, she was on the floor working on the. Uh, Clean the ice machine thing. Oh, good. And then, uh, I don't know, I went around, I was doing my stuff, and all of a sudden I heard what sounded like like if there was a uh, unexpected punch to the stomach when somebody would go, <gasps> and so, like, and that was the sound of Rachel getting up. <laughs> so, okay, not like just this is this is the feelings I have. So last week was the end of the school year, and Jack got to be part of the talent show, and like it was really cool. Like only five kids, not to break in my son a little bit, but only five kids in the school got to be in the talent show, and he was one of them. And he did his impressions, which you guys always accuse me of having mom goggles, but the whole school said he did a good job, that he got picked to do it. So. I'm right. He's amazing. Anyways, but all these kids are sitting on the ground in a gymnasium, which is a hard floor. And I went to sit with his class so I could video his little session. And I literally was like, I was, I was just going to sit and record his session. But then I was like, if I move now, I have to stand up 
like awkwardly while the whole school is watching and like while I try to maneuver and like my ankle still hurts a little so like it's an extra layer to the awkward get off of a gymnasium floor so I was like nope I'm staying here the whole time until everybody gets up because there is no way yeah there is no way I'm standing up ma'am do you you need anything no I'm just waiting for everybody to leave yeah great like Greg is always teasing me because I want to be last on the stairs or like what was it? If you guys got left in the elevator, he was like, we just leave Rachel behind and let her figure it out herself because she wouldn't want to try to figure it out uh, in front of people. Uh, That's the gym. I don't want to get up in front of the people. School. It was uh, one of the days we were building out the coffee shop last summer where for the last two hours or so, because it had been a long day, there was not a moment where Scott and I would pick up anything and not go, <laughs> yeah. But that's after, like, working hard. Yeah, Mine is, but... like, after doing nothing. I'm like, okay. I have to pick up this plastic cup. That's hard. I do think the, the true measure is, is without thinking about it, is the sound that somebody makes when they're getting out of a car. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, Because and... getting out of a car shouldn't actually make much sound. No. <laughs> so I usually drive, but, like, everyone, lately Mike's driven a couple times, and he parks right next to the curb, which is great. But now we're in this tiny... To the ground car and so because it's a little civic and it's super low so when i open the door to get out it's like this the curb is right there there's no place you don't get the step yeah there's no like car. down to step it's like right to a curb and i'm like this is basically like doing a pull-up and i do those so well yeah. so mike has got to get the hover round off the back of the yeah. car so yeah you got the eight volt one? <laughs> I don't even know. What is it? <laughs> oh, man. I get a little horn. Yeah. So, which, of the if, if, you're, if you're listening to this podcast <laughs> and you use a hover around, we appreciate you. Yeah. And so, anyway. I, I bet no this idea one, what, that wasn't my fault. I don't even know what it is. So, that's the little three wheeled. Little scooter thing. It's like the powered grocery cart at at Cub. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He has to pull me out. It's fine. Yeah, that is where it's at. Yeah. Well, you could have just left it. With it takes a little bit to get out, and then no. I mean, I Anna's that left. I have to like grab up as a link. It's still. I don't want anyone to see it. Just go away. <laughs> That's actually, if you'll go down to the notes and of this podcast, we have a link to the video of Rachel getting out of the car. Please <laughs> don't tell me to. Hidden camera, auto car, video. Yeah. It's those. It's that uh, the lift that's next to the swimming pool. That's yeah. what you need. Oh, man. I think every once in a while I see that, and I think that would be great. Just, it would not be because that would, it's not for me, but. Uh, Genesis. <laughs> yeah. Our dirt. Fix that. Genesis. We, uh. I think it's such an important part of walking through this whole book and really walking through all of scripture is to uh, remember the backdrop of, of God's love, appreciation, desire for a relationship with us. If you read uh, anywhere, Old Testament, New Testament scripture, and the presumption that you have hanging in the background is that um, God is waiting for humanity to get their stuff together so that they can have relationship with him. Uh, that's going to be such a different perspective than realizing that God desires relationship with humanity and is doing everything he can 
<laughs> is extending grace and even to the point of you know providing his son a messiah uh, to have relationship with us and it's not gonna it's not contingent on our uh, getting it together and so even when you come to these early narratives in genesis uh, again you quickly go well man they have screwed everything up really quickly uh, but that's um, the narrative isn't that everything got screwed up. The narrative is is that God, in the midst of everything being or things being a mess, He still uh, desires relation and will have relationship with humanity. And uh, I don't know that perspective shift uh, is again. It's that's not just stated because that feels better, but it's stated because again, that's the the pattern in biblical narrative. Even to again to the point it's to its full extreme of uh, Jesus uh, dying on the cross and, and rising again is that God is doing everything He can to have a complete full relationship with humanity. Hmm. I really like um, just in studying Genesis that the perspective we've talked a lot about is what does this say about who God is and just kind of over and over because I think that I mean something I've keep thinking about is it's really easy for me to go okay so what you know, or not just me, but I think people that have, especially people that are growing up in the church or are trying to figure out what their faith is and, you know, and all this stuff. And then we, we have the creation story and then Adam and Eve and all of that. And it's like, mm-hmm. whether these, whether it was exactly the seven days, whether it was a combination of the seven days and evolution or was evolution, whatever it was, whatever creation looked like, that, that isn't, the main point the yeah. point is like who is god and what what does this say about who god is and like i like to acknowledge that because i think that it's easy for us to get distracted on those little things yeah and like it's i think it's easy to say okay if the bible is you know completely factual and i or we believe it's completely factual and suddenly that seven days narrative gets shook like what what does that do to my faith but if we go, okay, this is actually more about who God is, whether whether this is exactly how it was or a metaphor of what happened, um, that doesn't shake my faith. That doesn't that doesn't make me question things. It makes me go, okay, like this is a story about who God is for me. And like in Genesis two, I think we talked. To, I mean, we talked a lot about the questions he had, and something that we're not really talking a lot about on Sunday. But um, like I was talking with a couple of women about was. Just when Eve was created and being the Ezer or the helpmate for Adam. And I think what like what I just saw of who God was in that story is how he um like he recognized Adam needed someone with him, that he wasn't meant to do this alone. And I think like we all like it's just seeing who God is going, okay, we all need helpers. We all need people that push us for forward and we all need um, to see that. And then even sometimes in the old Testament, God is named Ezra and he's the helper. And like, it's just, I think it's really beautiful to see who God is in these stories. And I think, I, I mean, that is an overarching theme as well. I just in the last 72 hours of my own life, I've had a, a number of conversations with different people. And even in my own life, I've had moments where you just go, uh, life is, hard relationship is hard uh being a parent is hard or being um being a neighbor or a friend or a spouse whatever like like you don't have to look i all around us there is life is challenging and there's endless challenges and then you say um to to our world 
it's very easy again to, like in a, an evangelistic type of a tone say um, Jesus is the answer you should turn to Jesus if you don't turn to Jesus then uh, there's condemnation in the end but I think so much more than that think about how complicated life is and it doesn't seem like it's going to be like cultural trajectory is pointing towards it getting easier no yeah <laughs> uh, and and so uh, how can we simplify yeah the uh the perspective is is that why why do why are we spending time to walk through this book of genesis as a church as a community is because there is there's this narrative that shows who god is and I think one thing that is, again, so encouraging and powerful is that right here in the midst of the mess of messes, mm -hmm. which pick one in your own life, right. pick one yeah. and then just go, here's this moment of mess. And then uh, I, maybe we can talk more about this, but, you know, God walks into the into the middle of the mess and goes, where are you? Mm -hmm. where you what's what's going on? What happened? And uh, and God, um, the the there were consequences, but God walked with them in that. And so when I say, um, if I build a narrative of what it is to be the body of Christ, to be the church, to be a follower of, of God, of Christ, um, it's, uh, does, it's not the alleviating of the mess, but the hope in the midst of this is that, um, we're going to have this, the character of God is he's, he's curious to, what do you, what, what's going on with you? Mm -hmm. How did, how did you get here? Yeah. And, uh, and then when it's, when it truly is exposed that, yeah, boy, it did not go well. <laughs> it's not, it's not followed with a, an explosion, mm -mm. but, uh, uh, the story continues. Yeah. And so for my neighbor, for my net family, for, for everybody that the hope of that is, is gotta be central. And to tie all that in with what Rachel was saying, it the mess is a mess no matter what, but it's way easier and quicker to get back over the mess when you do it together. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, just the idea of what what if what if life today was people realizing and people uh, responding the way Adam did to there being someone there, yeah, to be in community with, to help and to be helped by. Yep, because that response would be. I mean, the broken's gonna happen. Yeah. The mess is going to happen. But aim, like aiming towards Christ is communal. Yep. So what if we respond the way he did? That's a, that's an aside, but that's just something oh, that as you're talking, it's just like, man. And and as you, we're not going to hit every attribute of Genesis as we walk through it, but the, the focus of this text is this introduction to God, mm -hmm. to God's relating to humanity, humanity's relating to God and humanity's relating to each other. Yeah. And, you know, an aspect of it, like you said, is help. Yeah. Um, and here, as you go to the, is the story of the fall? Is it about Adam and Eve? Is it about the serpent or the enemy or the devil or whatever? And the answer is no. Right. This, this narrative is, is about god mm -hmm. it's not it's not just about people are the worst but it's a matter of uh, what did god do in the midst of these challenging moments and uh so there's again that the garden story i had encouraged read genesis 3 and i think that it's uh uh there's some complexity in this story there is 
a lot of a lot of, of unusual again it, again the, the literal or the metaphorical set aside to the point of here is a moment where um, humanity uh, goes against God's direction mm-hmm. and so what happens uh, again God asks repetitive questions and I think that again the normative to think about God would be is that God is uh, what not where are you but get over here yeah right and like you know this is the con- this is the consequence and there was consequence yeah. it wasn't without consequence but like it's really easy for me to go okay like if I do this the consequence is you know enormous and you know tough to overcome and it's like this was like they did they lost something when yeah. when they broke the boundary that God set they did lose something but he didn't make it so it was impossible to have relationship with him. It looked different, yep. you know, like, and it was like, if it wasn't Eve, it was going to be somebody. It's not like yeah. this was, this was inevitable, yep. right? Like we always are, I don't know, it's inevitable. And then God makes a way to figure out how to have relationships still. Yeah. Well, walk through these, you go, I don't know. God is a, approaches the garden and Adam and Eve hide. God calls out, where are you? Uh, and then the, as they approach, God is like, what, what's happening here? <laughs> Why are you hiding? And Adam and Eve's response is, uh, we heard you and we felt, again, shame. Mm-hmm. So we hid. And uh, so what is the response to that shame is God doesn't go, well, shame on you for feeling shame. Yeah. But he goes, the shame was from their nakedness. And he says, well, who, who told you that you were naked? Uh, that's a... Um, again, a discovery of what is. And mm-hmm. so, again, that moment where God could go, uh, you're a bad person, you failed, you're a sinner, you're the worst. And uh, um, those things mm-hmm. in an aspect, right? You go, oh, yeah, those are true. But, again, that when that's the leading perspective of who you are, not just attributes, things that happen in or around you, but that's who you are, God goes, well, who told you that's who yeah. you are? And uh, then there's the blame game, which is, again, this this narrative is not to elevate or to focus on Adam and Eve because it's so easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The snake, it was Eve, whatever. And uh, again, God had, there was this condemnation of death, but um, he says, have you, have you eaten? <laughs> have you really, did you really eat it? Mm-hmm. And so again, God, the creator, God, the all-powerful, the all-knowing would ask a question that he knows the answer to. But again, the, the power of that is that God opens the door. Here's the, the doorway of the power of confession, which is a theme in scripture, is, is brought to the surface as, as opposed to God going, uh, you're busted. Let me show you some hidden camera footage I've got of you. Here's some, mm-hmm. that uh, God goes, uh, again, you have opportunity to confess. And then... From that moment, again, there's several because statements, be, you know, throw the serpent, serpent because this, now you're going to have these consequences for Adam and for Eve, there's these consequences. But the thing that is so beautiful about it is that it didn't, this didn't lead to a moment where now God goes, uh, yeah, I'm done with you. I'm out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like um, the the shame piece and the death piece for me have been like something I've been thinking a lot about because like it's easy for me to go okay God said they were gonna die if they didn't do this and he didn't he didn't do it 
And then you go, well, why? Why didn't he do it? And it's like, there is, there. I mean, uh, eventually there's death now, but there's some separation that happens. Like, there is a death to what they knew. It's different than what they thought. But God still wanted a relationship with them. And when they hid and he comes to find them, like, I think we all know that, like, really gross feeling when you know you've done something really not okay. And the shame that comes with that and trying to hide it and trying to, and like God in this moment, just really, I don't know, the way he comes to them is so, it's, it's like figuring out how to parent well, you know, like, Hey, I know you did this and let's talk about it. You know, let's, let's, this isn't a moment where I'm going to go like, not just, I mean, there was consequences, but it wasn't, I don't know. It's just very different than this parent coming down and you know yelling at a kid to just be like get your act right and you know it was just a very loving kind way to work through something that wasn't the best you know well the again the complexity of this we're going to try to build some perspective to walk through it but um i think it's a fascinating parallel conversation is what is it like to have relationship with somebody or to put a lot of effort into having relationship with somebody that it becomes very apparent that uh, they don't have any desire to have a relationship with you. And so it's, it seems like there's a increasing tragedy to that after uh, amount like tied to time, like, wow, I've spent so much time trying to have meaningful relationship with you. And now it's become really clear that this whole time you had no desire to put any energy ever into it. And when that is discovered, that's painful. Yeah. And the thing that is the antithesis is discovered in this narrative and will continue throughout biblical narrative is that as we go farther into this, as we turn more pages, is that uh, God does, he's doing the work. He has hope. Yeah. for relationship with humanity. And uh, now, oh, there are things to come that are really messy and hard. Oh. Uh, but I would say in parallel to that, it's like, welcome to relationship. Yeah. Things, things are messy and hard. And uh, relationship isn't, great relationship isn't just because it's always perfect. Great relationship is because it perseveres in its imperfection. Mm-hmm. And that is like played to the largest extreme ever as we walk through biblical narrative mm-hmm. yeah i like i think that there's a lot of assumptions of what we in the bible with adam with eve with future stories where we make assumptions about how god's going to respond and he kind of surprises us yep. over and over again yep yeah because again thinking about this as a, a painting or backdrop god created the earth and humanity and he said it was good he said humanity like there's this like crescendo statement and humanity was made in God's image. And now you turn the page and there's the fall and it isn't a ripping down that whole backdrop Mm -hmm. or covering it all. It's that in the midst of that, uh, that backdrop of God's creation that he saw as good and humanity created in this image. There's also this aspect that humanity isn't perfect, Mm -hmm. but still created in God's image and still good is not eliminated it's still that's the backdrop hanging and so hang out to that as we walk forward in in the text did we miss anything rick you did it it's good it's good yeah. that's what we missed 
We must be good. <laughs> encourage you. Uh, we have lots of resources on our website. Uh, biblical uh, study is not something that is done by just listening to somebody. I encourage you to dive in being a reader. We also have uh, conversations posted in our website as well where you can uh, walk through Scripture and ask great questions and have great conversation. Uh, these are found on our website as well and our resources. Uh, and beyond that as well, get involved at church and community. Uh, if you're in Minneapolis, so the Twin Cities area, we'd love to have you be part of our community, but it doesn't matter where you are. Uh, just get in, get involved, be be the body of Christ. Mm. Have a good day. Cool. See you.